Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday. How's everybody's week going so far? It's so strange. I always have the instinct to talk to you. And then I'm like, this feels silly because you can't talk back, maybe? I don't know. Direct message me on Instagram or email me and let me know how your week is going. I actually would love to hear it. Would love to hear from other human beings. I'm currently in a dark room recording by myself. So it'll be great to hear from you. It's been a while since I've last checked in. And since then, I have had the very unique experience that maybe is not so unique because I feel like we all have it, where you are asked to introduce yourself with your name and then a fun fact about yourself. And I don't know about you, but I always overthink the fun fact. Often this is in like a professional setting where you're asked to share something about yourself or a class that might be related to your profession, something like that. And so I don't want to make the fact related to to work because then I think everyone will be like, oh, she has no life. All she cares about is work, which I do need a hobby. So also, if you want to message me on Instagram or send me an email of any suggestions of some new hobbies you've picked up lately, I'm taking suggestions. So I don't want my fun fact to be work related. And then I try and think about something in my personal life and everything sounds too trivial or I'm worried how it makes me look, I guess. I mean, that's the thing. I think that whatever your fun fact is, is what becomes attached to you for at least the duration of that class or that whatever environment you are sharing this fun fact in. So if I say, hey, I'm Amanda Pereira, pronouns she, her, yesterday ate a really good pickle. I become pickle girl. And if I choose to be pickle girl, that's cool. But I need to choose what kind of girl am I? Am I a pickle girl? Am I a girl who talks about having a dog? Am I a girl who talks about what am I? First of all, I'm not a girl. I'm a woman. I don't know why I'm calling myself a girl. I'm a full grown woman. Am I a pickle woman? Anyway, so I had a situation approaching where I anticipated that I was going to be asked to tell a fun fact. And I knew I was overthinking it. So I decided I'm not going to overthink it. What's like one of the first things that pops to mind? Okay, I'm going to share that when I was a teenager, I auditioned for Canadian Idol. I didn't get in. So I don't know if this showed me in the best light. I should have expected them to ask what song I sang, but I didn't expect that. And so I had to say, yeah, I was a full-grown teenager and I sang Colors of the Wind from Pocahontas. But what I didn't really grasp until I shared this with a group full of adults is how ridiculous it is to go on Canadian Idol and sing a Disney song. At Canadian Idol, they are looking for people who are ready to be recording artists, who are like, hey, I know who I am. I know what I have to say. This is what I want to say. This is the genre I want to say it in. Here we go. All I need is a little bit of like finessing and training and I'm ready to go. What are they going to do with a teenager who shows up singing Colors of the Wind from Pocahontas. So that was a really fun realization to have in front of a bunch of adults that you're hoping to impress. Speaking of impressive, a friend of mine, Katie, who was on Never Have I Ever two episodes ago, she writes a podcast newsletter called Pod the North, and she is having a one-year anniversary party at Buddies and Bad Times Theatre here in Toronto on the evening of October 5th. She'll be featuring a bunch of podcasts. They'll actually be doing some live podcast recordings and then a mixer afterwards, and I think it'll be really fun. So I just wanted to give a shout out to that event. If you want to buy tickets, you can head over to podthenorth.com and you can find more information there. And Katie actually featured Liquid Courage podcast in one of her newsletters. So if you want to read that while you're there, why not? All right, let's get to the episode. Welcome to Liquid Courage, the podcast where I, Amanda Pereira, 
sit down with a fellow artist that I admire and ask them the questions I've never had the guts to ask them before. Sounds scary? Yeah, it really is. So I use a little liquid courage in the form of my guest's favorite drink. We cheers, chat, and connect as I attempt to soak up all the wisdom they have to offer. Today I sit down with Tamara Almeida and we drink some margaritas together. Tamara is a bilingual actor and producer currently based in Toronto. You can catch Tamara's acting in series like Jane and the reboot of Ghost Rider, both on Apple TV+, and in films like Lifetime's Secret at the Inn, Hallmark's Entertaining Christmas, and most recently, starring in Lifetime's What We Do for Love alongside co-star Jake Epstein. You can also hear Tamara's voice acting in numerous acclaimed animated series, including PBS's Let's Go Luna and the upcoming reboot of Total Drama Island coming out on HBO Max. In addition to acting, Tamara works behind the camera as a producer, writer, and editor. So Tamara is an actor, a producer, and someone I admire immensely. Hi, Tamara, officially. Hello, Amanda. Officially. Well, officially. <laughs> We're drinking margaritas today. Okay, I'm, I was saying mine looks like water. Yours looks legit. I promise it's a margarita, everybody. Do we cheers? I can't. Is that I won't thing? lie. Let's do a cheers. Sure. That, now it's a thing. Let's do a little, a slow, it's like a slow, it's like when you try and do a boomerang and it's not fun. <laughs> it's not, and everyone's like, okay, do it again. Oh, and let's do it again. Oh, and mine is like condensationing all over my body. Oh my God, this is so good. <laughs> They are. You know, I got excited. I almost like minced up some mint and put it in. And then I was like, that's not a margarita at all. No, but I mean, it could work. A jalapeno mm-hmm. though. Maybe like a mojito spicy. kind oh. of. Yeah. One is, mine is like dripping onto my naked legs. It's like very cold, <laughs> which is great because I get nervous in these and then I get warm and I get sweaty. So this will like cool me down. It's like great. Hot and cold. I'm going to, I'm going to be going on a roller coaster. We were just talking about recording self-tapes before we hit this record. You were saying you're a procrastinator. Well, trying to say you're a procrastinator. We were messing up the word a bunch. But pro masturbator. But I was trying to decide, do I ask about being a pro masturbator or ask about being a procrastinator? No. We're going to go procrastinator down that path okay. first. First, we're going to go down that path. Now, since COVID, like all the auditions or most of the auditions, they're self-tapes versus in-person. Do you prefer the self-tape or do you prefer the in-person? What do you feel in uh, these days? I loved that at the beginning of the pandemic, it was self-tapes because I feel like I got to learn a lot um, in self-taping. I was like, okay. like, And there was a bit of an influx at that time. when, So it was really quiet and then it got a bit busier. And when it got busier, I felt like I learned a lot about even just auditioning because there were so many tapes like and watching it and editing them and, and having to move a little bit more um, efficiently. I found, so I say I used to really like self-tapes and now I think I would prefer to go back in a room because you'd have some real life feedback. Like, you know, like if it works or if it lands or if it doesn't land or just human interaction. I think I just, this has nothing to do with self-taping. I think I just miss like the (laughs) human. You just miss meeting people. You're like, I don't care if it's an audition, a restaurant, like just bring me in person. I know, but no, that feedback, that's the main thing I miss about self-tapes. I really enjoy the self-tape process. It feels in a way a bit more like on set where you're going to get different takes. And maybe if you're lucky, you get to like actually see the take and and whatever. But yeah, I really miss the direction. I realized in self-tapes how much of me loving being an actor is actually me loving working with a director. Like that's what I crave. Like the first take is not more fun for me than after direction and doing take number two which was weird like I didn't think that's how I felt but 
Yeah. I don't know if that's weird, though. It It sounds like collaboration, you know what I mean, is Mm. part of this whole process. Because I feel like the creativity, it's nice to be able to present something and see it land and then have Mm -hmm. someone discover in real time whether they really like what you've done or they're like, okay, can we give you a bit of an adjustment? That is something that I feel like we need to, because it's like self-validation is amazing and I know we need to be better at it. But if you can have someone like, say, great, love what you did, but that's not how we saw this person or maybe not how we saw like this particular character in this role. It becomes exciting because I think it is so collaborative. And that mm-hmm. for me, when I think of like art in general, that's the best part. You know, it's like when you're like, ooh, yeah. like, you know, even this, doing this right now, it's like, it would be one thing to sit here and think about everything on my own and drink on my own, but it's another thing. <laughs> Way more to fun together. Someone. Way more fun collaboration, <laughs> creative, and I think I that so is agree. <laughs> it is like I think. Yeah, I guess. I guess I thought it was weird because I thought, oh, isn't the dream? I have this idea that like the dream for most actors is that you would present what you've prepared, and then like the director would just like slow clap and be like, that's exactly what I pictured. And for me, I'm like, that's so want want. It's very nice if they say, wow, your ability is awesome. Or I love your brain. But if it's just like great presentation and then we're moving forward, I'm like, I could do this at home. Like what's your brain? Cause when they say, Oh great, that's awesome. But I kind of saw it this way. Or could you add this angle in? That's where I get to mm. like learn and grow and change in the process. Otherwise I might as well just be, alone like you said sitting drinking alone coming up with ideas myself so I really craved that during the self-tape time even if my agent would give me some sort of feedback like good or bad I was like yes like yeah soaking it up like a sponge it was so nice yeah I feel like I I miss that too and I think even just when it came to anything is like commercials uh, like regular auditions if it's a callback like anything that involves another person I find usually it's much more exciting <laughs> than just doing Jared it solo I think that out. applies okay. for everything yeah. across the board yeah but I think I'm introverted oh. but I feel concerned as I hear myself I'm like oh maybe I feel, I feel like a, a bit concerned about my identity because I was so certain that I'm like I'm an introverted folk who just like needs to sit alone and like really ponder and process things but I'm like also give me connection you know give me that connection please well yeah I think like and again I don't know you well at all and it's just from the moments that I have interacted with you or like the research that I've done in a professional way (laughs) I feel like in a non-creepy way I really get from you that like you are a very self-reflective person you're a very philosophical person you've expressed how like meditating is so important to you and thinking about you know thinking about life and those bigger questions and I think people who naturally are inclined to go to those places I think having people helps actually like ground and bring those people into the present Mm -hmm. so it makes sense to me that you would see yourself as an introvert and then also be like oh god I think I need people or I might just be pondering for maybe too long I love that though because it's true. I can feel like I can get very esoteric on my own. Mm-hmm. Like I can like really snowball with myself. <laughs> like yeah, I'm just yeah. like, 
Wow. Yeah. And then I get, actually had my therapist say something. <laughs> wow. And I was like really great. I was like, I'm really dark. And like, why does my mind go there? And like, I go to these places and he's like, because being present is excruciating. And I was like, oh, it's so true. And he's like, you're just very present. That's why things really affect you. And I was like, whoa. And I was like, so what are you telling me? Should I dissociate more? And it's like, you kind of have to. And so it's interesting because being around other people in some ways serves mm. as a bit of a distraction, but in the best way, because then mm. I'm able to like bounce things off of someone else. And if all I have is a present moment, I usually just really enjoy mm. like the person I'm talking to or like yeah. whoever I'm with. But what makes it not great is, you know, when you email me or text me, I'm so hard to get in contact with because <laughs> I'm so like present with people <laughs> or whatever I'm doing. I like turned off all my notifications. I don't get notifications for email texts. I live here or here, you know, and that's like very, how does the real, how do I function in the real world? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, but I think the people who are like air quotes functioning in the real world on the way you're talking about, I think they could really use what you're talking about, about like I either live here in my head or here in the present moment. And like, I think that's kind of wonderful. I don't know. Like I enjoy your like annual Taurus reflections online. Like I, I love that vibe. I'm into it. So I don't think you should stop. I'm into it. I just think, yeah, like, right, make sure, like, you can't Taurus reflect 24-7 by yourself. So you just have to make sure that you're seeing some people. But when I'm seeing you Taurus reflect, it's in pictures with, like, Hannah Spear and stuff. So I'm like, okay, you're seeing people. You're fine. You know what I mean? You're not alone in all the photos. It is true. It's funny. It's like last year I felt very social, which was very cool. And then I went through a really, if I'm honest, like a bit of a dark Mm. period, which was very, like, introspective and just like, okay, we're going to. We're going to self-reflect within, maybe with some therapists. I don't know. Let's yeah, see yeah. how this goes. Yeah. But in the end, I always kind of arrive at the same thing, which is just like, in this moment, everything is okay, usually. Mm. Even mm. when it's like pretty chaotic. I, I am thankful that I think the way that I think because it's like, I think it's built from trauma. I got that mm, from mm, my, mm. My, my, my childhood, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank <laughs> but you. Thank you, childhood. Th- thank you. I was going to say I got it from thank my you mama, so much. But it's like, yeah. you know. <laughs> right, right, right. We'll just go <laughs> no generally. Just, just childhood. generally. Childhood. Yeah. A vague but, uh, <laughs> childhood blanket. Yeah, yeah. Great. <laughs> tequila worked that fast. But it's like. <laughs> but I do enjoy that, like, thinking in that way. Because usually I don't feel, like, victimized by things. I think mm. of it as a jumping off point, even if it's dark or whatever as like Mm -hmm. how can I improve or how can Mm -hmm. I shift or what's the learning that I can take from it or how can I connect better in the future or what did I do in that situation that like really I I don't find honorable that's like a big thing I always stick with I'm like do I find that way that I acted honorable and if it wasn't can I change and I'm still human so sometimes I do things that I'm like girl no what's going on yeah stop no that wasn't it yeah that's not that's not it that's not it that's not it but that's why I like having other people because then they'll be like if I notice like Hannah or another friend who's just like I don't feel comfortable with this right now then I'm like okay let me take that as a cue like to reflect more and work on myself yeah yeah yeah. so so I'm thankful for the brain and also sometimes I'm like I don't know what's going on up here you know I know you just I know it's all like balance and stuff too I I mean, I'm, it's funny because I had a friend who we were both going through some rough times and we know we're very close and we know that we deal with stress very differently, like almost opposite for her distraction and avoidance is something to like that she really needs in order to get through those moments. And for me, 
that's the it's the opposite like if I'm stressed don't take me out to drink like come talk to me about the stress for an hour and I literally yeah. we were talking like if someone close to us passes in our lives what do you want from the other one and I was like don't try and make me feel better don't pull me out of it don't even talk to me make me food mm-hmm. and be beside me but don't try and like cheer me up I don't want to be cheered up I just want to know that it's okay to be in the dark for a bit and that you aren't like oh my god should we turn a light on I need to turn a light on are you comfortable in the dark I'm kind of uncomfortable I don't this, it's really dark is it really dark for you I just need you to like sit in the dark with me and not ask where the light switch is the light will turn on eventually but if you turn it on I'm in the darkness by myself you know what I mean I think we're probably very aligned I do I it registers when you're saying it it's yeah, like yeah because I think the way yeah. like what I hear as well is like being like yeah I feel like I hear yeah. um, of like an being held energetically means a lot you know what I mean yeah that it's like having someone who can just and to be seen something that so a couple things that I love is a therapist has said to me last year where it's like you don't want to be understood you want to be related to because I had a concussion Mm. last year and it was so hard he was like what you want is just to feel like someone relates to you because everyone's understanding you but you feel observed Mm. and I was like it's true and we need it sounds like sometimes someone to just kind of sit with us kind of just relate like I maybe I can't understand what you're going through but like mm-hmm. I know what it feels like to be in a lot of pain and I'm here for you like take your time and then all of a sudden it, you're able to move through it because you're not trying to prematurely turn the light switch on when you're not ready for that yeah you know? exactly exactly yeah. exactly I will move through it but if you're like oh it's scary down there come out I will stubbornly stay there to be like no we have to because if not this just sits in me for much longer and I want to feel this way the least amount of time as possible. But this is the only way for me to do that is like move yeah. through it, not run away. And that's in no way to like devalue how this friend moves through because mm-hmm. it works, I'm sure, vice versa for her. That if I was like, stay in this darkness, it's like I'm sure I'm like traumatizing her. Like it's not what she needs. So but yeah. I think it's really helpful to learn how your what your loved ones need in those moments because it's it's a whole love language thing it's like love somebody how they express love not how you want love you know what I mean so anyway all I'm saying is I'll sit in the dark yeah. anytime you want and we're not turning on yeah. the light but we probably need people to eventually turn on the light maybe you sound like a Taurus when's your birthday oh my god can I tell you Tamara, I feel like I'm a Taurus I tell people I have Taurus energy yeah. I do. So what is, what's, when's your birthday? Okay, my birthday's April 19th. I was born three weeks early, so I was supposed to be a Taurus, and I'm on the cusp. I'm the last day of Aries. And I swear to God, every time on Instagram where they're like, oh, traveling with a blank is like, I'm never relating to the Aries. I always relate to the Taurus. <laughs> You're a Taurus. And people say, are it's you okay. a Taurus? I'm like, I think I'm a Taurus. Yeah. You are. I'm you Taurus. sound like Taurus energy fully. Why? Yeah. Why? What does that mean? Because I don't know anything about them. What okay. does that mean? I just, it's like even your own like introspection. I bet you just love like just the, the, even when we were talking before it started, just like in your way of wanting mm. to connect, there's like this desire to, I don't know, I could be wrong. This desire to connect in this like non-surface way. Like it just really feels like you're, mm. you, you contemplate a bit, you know, you think a lot, maybe overthink mm. a little bit. Perhaps she loves a lot of music. Mm. Who knows? Not maybe one to drink, but loves food. <laughs> you know, it's like all the things you're saying, just like comfy, cozy. You, even when yeah. you talk about being with your partner, just kind of sitting around, like just sharing together. You're not necessarily like trying to escape anything. I don't know. To me, that sounds so Taurus. We're big thinkers, big feelers. You must feel a yeah. lot, I imagine. You know, Woof. I literally can get Woof. sentimentally attacked. <laughs> like sometimes my partner will be like, it could be the most fucking inanimate object. It's it's 
it's like an issue. Like if it's something <laughs> stupid, this like little container of cream. If someone talks to me about this little container of cream for like 20 seconds and gives it any sort of like human or animal characteristics, I will become sentimentally attached. I won't be able to throw it out. Like I'll cry. I, it's ridiculous. Taurus. The attachment. And sometimes I can feel Taurus. I'll be saying <laughs> to my partner, I'll be like, oh no, I'm getting attached. <laughs> He's like, stop. It's a pad of paper. It's a marker. It's fine. I'm like, have you seen Toy Story? Toy Story fucked me up. Like, (laughs) oh, those fucking toys being real. I swear. I was like, everything's real. Everything is real. And I have to be considerate. Taurus energy. Oh, I love it. Well, fellow Taurus. Okay, so getting into, because I'm just, well, my brain is jumping everywhere now, but I'm like, Well, Taurus, big feeler, big thinker, introspective. I'm like, no wonder you love jumping into the lives of different people and telling stories. Like, no fucking wonder you love doing that. But you've spoken about how your start in acting, so you first had like a corporate job and that when you were growing up, like money was tight and so choosing acting as a career felt, you used the word felt very irresponsible and I like felt it in my gut. I'm like, oh, it took me very long to decide to do this. Because I felt irresponsible. And then fast forward to being an adult and having a corporate job and deciding that you were going to quit. Like you were going to quit your job and go pursue acting. And I just thought, oh, my God. Like what was that like making that choice to take that leap of faith into like the unknown and unstable, irresponsible is with (laughs) major air quotes. Yeah. I mean, I I love reflecting on that now. Now that I feel kind of worked out thank goodness but it was like yeah. in the way where <laughs> I'm not homeless because I was like hmm, yeah, 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 is yeah. this a bad choice I don't know I'm a bit impulsive sometimes <laughs> but like I try to be logically impulsive I think if I could go back in time would I do it again yeah. I mean tricky because I I think okay when I quit to become an actor I don't think I was going to end up seeing acting how I see it now So I think that this is not the career that I thought I would be pursuing. I actually thought Mm. I was going for something completely different. So when you talk about avoidance. What were you imagining? Like what were you like? Yeah. Yeah. Like what were you picturing? Okay. So when you talk about like avoidance and distraction and all of that, like a different way of coping, I actually think that's more of what I was hoping for. So I think Mm. I was looking for a world in which I could kind of fall away from myself and Mm. maybe kind of, you know... Because I love stories and I love storytelling, but I don't think I had, I didn't think I was going to need to use my own vessel for truth as much as I think I do now. (laughs) When you found that out, were you like, fuck? Because when I found that out, I was like, God damn it. That's not why I'm here. I'm here to escape this. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I was like, wait, sorry, you need me to bring my essence to this? Well, I don't know what that is. So you tell me and I'll be that. Yeah. It doesn't work unless like you're part of it, you know? So no, yes. Tamara, I know. You now. know. Oh. Yeah, now, exactly. I, yeah. So if I go back and I think like what was irresponsible, like if I like hindsight is twenty twenty. I mean, it's been so much more rewarding than I could have ever thought. However, like in a way that I would have never guessed because I probably wouldn't have pursued it had I known this would have been the path. But yeah, I think that the only thing is I was young enough to be impulsive still. I mean, I'm still impulsive. Like I still make choices I think I would still do it because it aligned with like a life purpose, which I think is all mm-hmm. about like, how do I find ways of becoming more truthful, uh, maybe hopefully having some type of impact in the world. And at that time, I gave myself 10 years. I was like, it's going to take 10 years to learn how to act. So mm-hmm. don't 
expect anything to happen before 10 years. Mm -hmm. So I think it was only because I had a corporate job and I was able to put money aside. Like I was able to be impulsive in that way because I had some money that Mm -hmm. for me at that time, responsibility just meant dollars in the bank, like to Mm -hmm. be honest. And that was it because Mm -hmm. of how I grew up. Mm-hmm. Now, responsible is something so different. You know what I mean? So that's why I'm like, it actually forced me to grow up. But it changed everything. Like my relationship that I had, like right like right when I first started acting, fell apart recently. And I think about that a lot because who I was when I started acting, who I was back then, who the friends I had back then, none, none of it really works anymore, unfortunately, because I'm not the same. But some of it has come with me you know, which is really cool. But sometimes, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I answered the question. I think I look back (laughs) and I reflect on making a choice that felt really smart from a business standpoint. I was like, this Mm -hmm. is really clever. I had a blueprint. I wrote out a business plan. I was like, this is what you do with your headshots. You read the books, you get into this class. (laughs) Like it was so methodical. And in the end, none of that really mattered because then you go in an audition and your heart is like this. And I'm like, oh, I'm so insecure. I have no (laughs) self-worth. So I can't act. (laughs) So that's really. like, so sorry. What are you, what part of you are you bringing to this character? You're like, I don't know. I have no idea, but my headshot is great. And I'm here on time and I'm memorized all my lines and I'm up to like I know the business part of it is almost like the the much easier that's the surface level part of it almost it's like the checking boxes part I love a lot of that stuff but yeah the deep inner work part I remember at what point one point for myself genuine like really really genuinely contemplating for myself like can I do this if I don't want to face who I am like what if I kind of want to run away from a lot of parts can I still Mm. act because I Because when I do act, there's like nothing, there's no other joy like it. But I don't know if I really want to face all the parts of myself and are those mutually exclusive because I don't know if what I can choose, what I'm able to choose. Like it's really hard to do it without confronting yourself and knowing who you are and all those things. And it doesn't even have to, it doesn't even have to be in terms of bringing yourself to the character. It can even just be like situations that you're going to come, come up against or like, choices you're going to be asked to make or compromises you're going to have to be asked to make all those things I find it really hard to do it if I'm not on solid ground with myself the moments where I'm like off kilter or my compass feels kind of broken or however you want to say it those are the moments where I'm like I can't make these decisions I don't know or I over compromise or I or I feel like I get lost because it's just so intertwined with who you are and it comes up against so much of your values it's really hard to do without like questioning yourself you know? I agree. Yeah, I, I do know. And I think it's like, that's so interesting. Like what I come up against nowadays too, is mm. every time I find myself in a new situation that makes me contemplate my own integrity. Cause I'm like, what's the, like a friend said this actually in a voice note today and I loved it where he was talking mm. about sometimes, you know, this harder path that we uncover, like, I, okay, with a bit of maybe more context. So mm. I was saying I've had a bit of a rougher stretch the last few months. And like, mm. life is great. But like, on a personal level, like when you're looking at mm-hmm. self reflection, looking at how you deal with things. So I felt like I was pushed off a cliff, right? Like, that's mm. like, I liken it to being pushed off a cliff, but I wasn't expecting there to be this net there to catch mm. me. I just wasn't expecting that through friendship and through community mm. to be caught in that way. That said, now I have to live a life where my values align with what it is that I've been kind of putting out to the universe that I would like Mm -hmm. or whatever you want to call it. But the way in which I see like the trajectory of my life, I now have to shift certain things and Mm -hmm. I have to do that. No one else can do it for me. 
But I have to shift those things so that I can live in line with what my new values are. And integrity sometimes, when I know there's an easier path, there is an easier, well-worn path, the one that I've taken for so long Mm -hmm. that I would prefer to stay on sometimes because it means I have a bit more fun. However, similar to like when I left Apple a million years ago and when Mm -hmm. I was feeling cushy and living that life, it didn't (laughs) align with my values anymore because I had this spark of like, well, what I really want is this. So Mm -hmm. I feel like the discomfort sometimes comes in and that's like what I've been experiencing recently is a bit like a growth spurt. It's like, Mm -hmm. I'm so uncomfortable. I'm so like unsure of myself and yet I keep feeling rewarded in many ways that it's I'm more in line with where I want to be rather Mm -hmm. than if I would have stayed on an existing path because that one was actually starting to hinder my growth. And so that's, um, it's complicated because Mm -hmm. there we go being very Taurus-y right now. It's like, (laughs) think about this stuff. I know I'm like, what's the path? Blue pill, red pill. No, I'm like, do we need a third person who's not a Taurus to pull us out? Because I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like I'm literally like, do we need a life raft? Because I'm in. I'm. I don't care. I'm good. I can. I can start a cult with other Tauruses. I'm like, so. What do you? But mean? we won't you affect. Know, like we would. No one would worry. We wouldn't be one of those cults where like yeah. people needed to intervene because we would never like leave the cult. We would just be would so be introspective. Cult. Yeah, we yeah. would just be talking all day about our feelings that like we wouldn't be affecting anyone yeah (laughs) healthy cult yeah if there if there's such a thing we'll be a little healthy cult isn't that the yoga community (laughs) (laughs) oh my god there's actually this other podcast called sounds like a cult and it's so great and they take different things from like culture and just they basically chat about is this a cult so they're like is peloton a cult is real housewives a cult is like maybe they've done (laughs) yoga and pilates is it a cult and they discuss it it's so interesting because i'm like again just you know healthy Mm. debate and introspection i'm like bring it right on well okay so how I, i feel like i should give context how you and i met so many years ago so i met you you basically trained me on my first day um i met you while we were both working in casting you were a seasoned pro and it was my first day and i was very <laughs> nervous and working as a reader i was terrified and i i still remember on the first day we like went for lunch out at a little park and you were like f- telling me oh you were so generous and kind and that's how we met actually and then you got me a job afterwards as a production assistant which was my first production assistant job ever so you've been so lovely to me and in casting one thing that like casting and actually that job like made me realize oh I actually really like casting and then continued I still now on and off work in casting sometimes so like it's and that was I don't know 2014 or something wild like so many years ago so I know so long ago so but I felt like in my in working in casting specifically as a reader I think even more so than working in commercial casting like I just learned well maybe they were both in different ways learned so much about myself as an actor and also just like the auditioning process like it really opened my eyes getting to see and I guess I should say for viewers and listeners like um, who don't know working as a reader in an audition you'll often have a reader and it is often I think it's always an actor and they're just reading the lines in the scene of the other character so if you're auditioning for a Harry in Harry when Harry met Sally then you'll have a actor who's playing Sally and right beside the camera so that you have a human being to play the scene with and so when you're a reader you essentially get to do that scene like over and over and over again with all these different actors throughout the day it is such an incredibly valuable experience so mm-hmm. for you, like how did working in casting change 
how you approached Ooh. auditioning and like maybe just acting in general, but specifically like auditioning for you? Yeah, I think that's a great question because I think that that's similar to editing. Like once I started editing, those mm. two things really impacted how I saw everything. But with reading yeah. or watching the casting process, I, one thing, the way that I put it, and this might sound weird, is you can really tell when someone walks in, and I'm sure you see this too, when someone's attention is on themselves versus on the reader. It's like night and day. When you can see someone is focused on themselves or when they're focused out, like out there. And to me, that became the goal of like, how can I make it? So when we talk about like all this other stuff we've been kind of discussing, like how can I kind of um, eliminate any of the barriers between me and the outside, right? Me and the other. Because if I'm focused internally, then I'm not seeing what's happening externally. And mm -hmm. so reading, I, it's a couple things. You really notice sometimes someone comes in and just knocks it out the park because mm -hmm. they just are the person. Like they just yeah. are the essence of the thing that you're looking for. But more yeah. often than not, what I found is sometimes you have that one actor, and I'm sure you've seen this, who comes in and always knocks it out the park. So then I started getting mm. curious about that, where I was like, why is that person always so good? And the thing right, that right, I always right. arrived at is that because generally they seem confident, but confidence mm. to me, like the translation of that was they're just able to focus on the reader more than on themselves mm. and they do the job and then they leave. So that was something that really impacted me because even with commercials, I love commercials. I wish I could always do commercials. I think they're the most fun. <laughs> I love them. But what I loved about auditioning for commercials, cause I wasn't necessarily trying to book the jobs is I would go mm. in and just be like, this is all I've got. You know, you've given me maybe a script or you want me to just do this thing. It's about the product. It's not about me. And I started to learn mm -hmm. to cater to the product because externally I put all my attention into whatever the product was. And maybe that's like the business part of me from like my past life that like enjoys like that part of the work as well. Because when you realize it's not about you, it actually takes a lot of the pressure off. And if I segue into editing, the same thing happened when I was editing just like for a few months, a friend got me editing on this like porn podcast that is not porn, but it was just porn stars talking on this podcast, what? but I was editing the teasers. It was great. This I learned is a lot so about it. interesting. It was amazing, actually. Yeah. It was so great. But what I learned through that, sometimes when I would get certain notes, like they wanted me to maybe edit this thing or edit that thing, or they didn't like how they looked in a certain frame. I thought it was so fascinating because I never saw them like that. I actually was just trying to go for the best moments. And I actually thought that I was catering it to making them shine. I was like, I'm actually mm. celebrating like the best parts of you. And yet they would come back with a note like, oh, I don't like how my face looks here, or I don't like my hair in this or whatever it was. And I was like, that's so interesting. Nobody is looking at you how you're looking at you. And that took so much of the pressure off myself because then I was like, I feel like I can tell my eyes are slanted, you know, I'm like my chin is funky or whatever at points, <laughs> things that like nobody cares about or notices. Yeah. Or even notices. Notice yeah. It. Yeah. But you totally. notice it because you're looking at yourself all the time and it's human. Mm -hmm. But yeah. when I was editing, I realized like, right, because I'm focusing in some ways internally, even when I watch the tape or when I go in, I'm worried like let's call it vanity or whatever it is. Like maybe I feel like I don't sound intelligent enough or I am too short. I'm too this, I'm too that. It's nobody cares. That's what I, I learned through both of those processes. They just want you to come in, be confident and be the thing, you know, yeah. as best as yeah. you can be. Yeah. 
What did you learn? Well, just, I mean, honestly, even just going off of that, I think too, in learning is like learning in this is that the things that they are going to notice are likely going to be the things that they would notice in themselves if they were auditioning. Like if I'm self-conscious about my nose, I'm going to notice your nose and be like, oh, her nose is perfect. Oh, look, her nose is like this. I'm not going to notice the thing that maybe you notice. So it's like, it's out of your control. It's out of your hands. I was just talking with my partner the other day about how discombobulating it can be sort of because it does matter how I see myself in like a deep way. But I mean, in terms of commercials or like how I look for a character, it matters how other people see me more than how I see myself on a value system. It matters how I see myself. But there's just been so many situations over the last like 10 years or whatever where people will say things about my appearance and not even in a negative way, in a way that I never thought of. Like the other day there was there was this um, she's an actor and a comedian and she was like posting on Instagram stories, some of her friends and then like their celebrity doppelganger. And she was like posting a bunch of them and she was so good and then she ended up posting like send me your picture if you want me to do it and I'm like oh I'm so intrigued sure let's do this because she was so spot on and she was using like random references of actors she wasn't just pulling in like the Jennifer Lawrence's and the Jessica Chastain's I don't know whatever she was pulling in random people so I was so curious and then she was saying to me like oh your face is so interesting like it's so different it's so oh wow like and it's been something I grew up feeling like I need to escape feeling so average in every way like I need to find what is unique about me and that's my selling point what is unique I'm so average average and then to get feedback like I often get people don't they're like oh your face is so different or this and it's just it's interesting that's what I was saying to my partner is that like it doesn't actually matter if I think oh I'm the average girl next door if someone else thinks you know someone was saying to me like in friends I was like I'd play Monica and they're like no you'd be Phoebe and I'm like what like that blew my mind to think that someone would ever think I would play Phoebe but ultimately in casting that's kind of what matters maybe is like The person who's casting Mm. friends sees me as Phoebe, not that I see myself as Monica. And I don't quite know if it's like maybe I need to just figure out how to bring out my Monica more or embrace my Phoebe more or if there's you know what I mean it's it's God for these Taurus fucking self-reflecting babies this is not a good space because I don't know it's it can be so confusing I felt so it's funny I felt kind of the uh, so interesting so I would go out all the time for like against like these models and I would be mad Mm -hmm. because I was like I'm like a nerd like I am like (laughs) I am like why I'm don't a you say gorgeous me out? model nerd? <laughs> no, I'm just no. kidding. I'm just fucking you. I'm just fucking you. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> like why are you sending me out with these like models? Oh my god! Like, I don't understand. No, but like truly, it was like so. <laughs> it was so complicated because I go out and they're all like six feet tall. I'm like five foot one, you know, and I'm like, this feels rude. <laughs> like you guys are. Am like, I here at their daughter? Like, what, yeah, what am I like, supposed why to be? Am I here? And also, like, I'm not. I have like, yeah, I have a, a bit of a body, and I was just like, I don't know about this. But I remember I that. But also, the whole thing for me when it comes to culture of like how mm. someone you as like and I'm sure you were saying as being Portuguese it's like Portuguesa it's like I felt like not Latina enough forever you know so first it was okay to be ethnically ambiguous because then that's also how they they wanted to see you and then all of a sudden it was like Mm -hmm. 
oh, I don't feel enough of the thing. Because, you know, because when we met even, like, I had curly blonde hair. And it was like, that's how I like wearing mm. my hair. And I, like, had a good time living my mm-hmm. best life. And then, but it's like, what <laughs> box do you fit in? Because it's like what you're talking about. If you're not, like, if they see you as Phoebe, which is a great example, mm-hmm. but you don't feel like Phoebe. So you're coming in kind of with, like, this complicated essence. It's not mm-hmm. necessarily, like, fully realized then they don't know Mm -hmm. where to put you but they need you to commit to being Phoebe so that they can book you it's actually so confusing I think when it comes to identity because I've Mm -hmm. always been Latina I never thought about it it's actually not Mm -hmm. even the thing I've ever considered until being in this industry I was like what does that mean oh I I don't feel like enough like I'm confused Uh. by that So this industry has been really interesting when it comes to identity, I feel like because of what we're talking about with how we're seen, how we're cast externally viewed, and then how you're looking Mm -hmm. at yourself internally. And then at the same time, how do you marry those things and kind of like integrate all of it and then find that happy place within yourself where you're like, okay, I I accept how you see me and this is what I can give you that doesn't cost me so much, you know? Exactly. That's what I was going to say. I think it comes back to that point you're making earlier about like how do I move through these spaces in a way that feels honorable to the future self because it is strange like any of the conversations about like okay so how are we gonna market you and I'm like oh god I don't like I don't know I have no idea and it is it's like like you said in order to book you they need you to commit to the Phoebe and I'm almost like it would be easier if I just knew what do you want me to commit? Like, just be really clear about, you know, sometimes there's the vague conversations where they're not exactly telling you what they want you to commit to, but you're like, I think I know what you're saying, but I'm going to need you to say it so that I can say yes or no. Like, I'm not going to fill in the blank for you, but I'm really trying to take any of those moments and like embrace them as catalysts for self-reflection and then figuring things out. But sometimes it doesn't feel like it starts a self-reflection. Sometimes it just feels like it starts viral or like (laughs) I have no idea who I am yeah I'm like I have no fucking idea I have no idea yeah but isn't that the truth about it all I feel like that's kind of what it is for all of us like we are always going to Mm. be in that space where we're just like yeah or I don't I think I'm getting used to living in the I don't know just generally I'm like I don't know I used to think I had answers it turns out I don't know a damn thing and uh more questions than yeah more questions I have more questions yeah yeah yeah. someone someone said to me someone I work with just came back from Burning Man and they were saying to me like a little while ago and they were saying um you know about the discomfort and they're like I think I just realized that the discomfort is the living it's not the thing to get around it's just the part it's just that's what life is it's just the discomfort and you got to like embrace it and find ways that you're like hell yeah bring it on let's see how I rise to this occasion or let's see how I fall from this and let's learn from it and let's just like take it with a bit of playfulness the discomfort Mm -hmm. and see what happens because approaching discomfort like begrudgingly doesn't seem to help or be enjoyable at all so the discomfort is inevitable so like why not try and I don't know. It's so much easier said than done, but that's what I'm trying to do in some way. That's beautiful though. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's, no, no, you don't. I, I mean, I guess, yes, live in the, I don't know, but also that's inspiring because it is true. Like we just, yeah. what is everybody doing? What is life? I don't know. Nobody knows. No one knows. What no is one this? understands at all. I don't at all. understand at all. What, how the, <laughs> like, I, like, okay, I won't go off. I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, something I was thinking about with like, <laughs> something I wanted to ask you about, and this totally, it sparked when you were talking about like identity crisis or like committing to something or 
honestly me like don't understand is um I want to talk to you about like Hallmark type rom-coms okay I love it I'm saying Hallmark it doesn't have to be specifically Hallmark movies but that kind of like Hallmark type rom-com genre like it's such a specific genre genre I can't even talk and you've been in a number of these movies during your career four I can think of off the top of my head that I would categorize you would know better but I'm wondering like Tamara you have to what is the key to cracking the algorithm that is acting in a rom-com like Hallmark kind of movie because it's very specific you're upset you can't be too upset you can't be too surface cheesy like you got to be right in the middle and they're incredible movies like they bring such comfort and joy and there is a specific algorithm to result in that joy so how the hell what is that algorithm girl how do you do that I do think I think it's incredibly formulaic (laughs) this is where I get excited because it's like okay so I always joke and they probably maybe don't like me saying it but I'm like I'll sell your propaganda no problem (laughs) (laughs) wait who do you say that to who doesn't like it is this a director I don't think they I don't know if they want to hear that maybe (laughs) I don't think they can I know I'm just joking I do say it as a joke because it is kind of a joke joke. it's like I know what you want it's really specific it's yes. very formulaic, and yet, how do you make it seem real, right? Like, I definitely think about this yeah, a lot. Exactly. So, exactly, and I have grounded, an for that. and in your yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, so okay. Tell us. I showed a friend how I do it, basically. <laughs> oh my god, masterclass! <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> oh no, the tequila isn't working. So it's. <laughs> So I think of it, there's a couple components. Here we go. Let me give you the free spiel. Okay. Three things. I call them the quick flips. Okay. Number one. Number one. Let's lay out. I'm going to do it for you right now. Okay. I love it. Oh my God. (laughs) You can invoice me after. You deserve to be paid for this. Okay. Here we go. But no. So it would be like, oh my God, I'm so excited to be on your podcast. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot that I left the tequila out on the counter. Hey, did you know that like if we were to go to the park tomorrow and you just do this thing really fast. So it's like the individual thoughts. And so I find it's always like you're keeping it up. You're keeping it really lifted. But the thoughts have to be really quick changes. You have to make sure that they're starkly different and you have to do it in a really fast pace in terms of what you're looking at per scene because so much of it is expositional and so much of it is the same thing. You're saying the same thing over and over and over again in every scene. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. I just did one right now and I keep joking where it's like, I'm like, I'm going to save Christmas for the town historian, right? But it's like, we literally say the same thing over and over and over again. And so how do you like elevate a script? How do you lift Mm -hmm. it? How do you change Mm -hmm. it? I think it's like, okay, how can I make it personal? I follow the formula from Save the Cat because it's this book about screenwriting. And so what I do is I try to match all of my choices because I call those movies boot camp. You shoot them in 12, 13 days, 12 days usually. So how do I map the whole thing out in my preparation to know, okay, so page 68 is, you know, where like the bad guys are closing in. So what does Mm. that mean in terms of like my relationship with this person? I'm about, and I always play the type A person, like, hi, that's me, but it's like, <laughs> no acting required, but it's like, I know, and what I... we do for love, the trailer I was watching, and I was just like, oh yeah, that's me too, like, she for sure has an Excel spreadsheet in her pocket, like, a hundred percent, and he's like, the goofy fun, and she's like, hey, weenie, and they're like, she's so uptight, and I'm like, no, she's just trying to keep life together, like, I felt defensive of the Thank uptight, you. anyway, yes, okay, I know, A-type. I'm, yeah, but yeah, but that's a great example, like, so that particular one is the same thing, yeah. it's the same trope 
trope over and over again. It's like, I need to get things done. He's getting in the way. He's trying to be fun and goofy because like they're allowed to be and like I have yeah, to try to keep exactly. everything in order. Yeah. And so how do you do that to, and still be likable? I think that mm-hmm. was like the big thing so that you're not coming off like you're just so strong and so stern and mm-hmm. you're like reprimanding this man and being a mother. Like mm-hmm. I really have given a lot of thought to it because so much of it is, so I love these movies because I do think it gives me a little bit of hope and I think of yeah. them as magic and surrealism. So yeah. if I'm here selling you something a little bit surrealist and you want to kind of distract for a little bit, I'm here to give you a little dash of bliss in your life. But for me, I'd like to make sure that it still feels grounded and it yeah. still feels honest and it still feels like I'm giving you a part of me. So like with what, what we do for love, like how can I look at Jake in this instance and like be mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, uh, you know, how can I give you all of me and, you know, infuse it with so much love in a kind of fantastical way you know Mm. that like a Mm. person like myself me Tamara would do but probably would never do in my life because it's too scary to do that so I love these movies because it gives me like the world the playground to to kind of just like wildly like unabashedly just love and I enjoy that so much in a formulaic way so I think yeah the three things I'd say first thing is your quick flips. Then I would say like you can map out the the, the formula, like the actual screenwriting formula because they want you to hit very specific things. And then the third thing would be how can you give over to the fantasy of love, which I think we all want. We all want love and connection. Mm. So is there a world in which I can allow myself to fully buy into that? And that's always what I strive for with these mm-hmm. things now. Yeah. I love I love that you I mean I love all three of those points. The third one I think is something that people might not the third one is less technical and I think it's yeah. something people might forget in these genres of movies but I, I don't know if you can do it without because I think if you don't fully surrender to mm. the world and to love because they're always you know love stories even if it's like family love or sister whatever but if you yeah. don't fully surrender to it and it's happened when I've auditioned and I'm like I can feel I'm not fully surrendering because you can tell that you don't like it you can tell that you think it's cheesy you can tell that you think it's surface level or you think you're I don't know what it is like that you're not buying into it it almost feels like a parody sometimes like it feels like you're doing a a parody of it instead of just surrendering and doing it and that's that's the only to me anytime I've auditioned where I'm like oh I'm proud of that audition I'm gonna send in that tape it's like, oh, because I surrendered to the moment and connected. And otherwise, I don't think you can do it without, a, definitely not a full shoot without it. Call me. Let's do the next one that you have. You should call oh my me. God. And I will Tamara, take it with you. I, you're because... way too good no, at no, that. No, no, I Just do, no. No, no, no. Oh, no, so no, no. I'm so sweaty, Tamara. No. I'm so sweaty. My hands are so sweaty right now. I don't know why I can I'm do that. I'm sweaty too. But you have, you should. Why am I wearing a sweater? Why? It's so hot. I wore this because of Jane. It was my only outfit with that animal. And now I'm regretting. Reading it because I'm sweating. Okay. Because of Jane. That's I was like, so I try and let my guests inspire my outfits, and I was like, Oh my God, Jane! I want to wear. I think I have a shirt with an animal. I thought it was a t-shirt. It was a sweater, <laughs> and I'm sweating. But I also want to rise to occasions. So you should truly call me. I'll and probably I, I, text you and and or oh it. wow, okay, I'll call you. Sure. And or, then yeah, oh yeah, and then, <laughs> and then I will back out, and then I'll call you again. That's, a That's cool. Just, Taurus, cool. 
Hashtag Taurus. It's fine. God, is that? Okay, love. Okay, great. Wow. Also, like, that is very generous and the opposite of gatekeeping of you to give those three tips. And I really appreciate that. I think it's really generous of you and wonderful. Also, like, I'm not even surprised, but fucking professional being able to just, like, bam, give those. Like, my first one is the surprise moments and just doing them. Like, anyone who's listening, just go watch that moment of the podcast. Because you also committed to each one of those moments. I think my face was like... (laughs) I should I should no, pull up my face and show good. you. I don't think that, no, it was. that as an example. I mean, you won't use it as a self-tape, but like people use it as your masterclass. Oh my God, my chair oh, is God. so sweaty because I got nervous. My okay. butt is connected to the, the chair because I'm also like, oh my God. <laughs> Yo, what is that? I'm wearing shorts. Why are they so sweaty? It's because my fucking wolf sweater, my Jane sweater. Although I don't regret it. I'm just going to be sweaty and put it in the wash. Um, in the most recent, what we were talking about, your most recent, um, movie, what we do for love, you and your (laughs) co-star Jake Epstein, who you mentioned, share a little on-screen kissy kissy. And I don't know about you, but when I watch scenes that are like good kisses, I am like no longer in the room. I'm in the kiss with the people. (laughs) Completely. They did not give me consent, but I'm like in, I'm like, oh, wow. And then when it's, not a good kiss when it's not a not a good kiss to me but it's like when I am projecting that those two did not want the kiss at all I feel like I want to crawl out of my skin and so I'm wondering like what is the secret to a good on-screen kiss (laughs) like gum do you plan it out ahead of time do you You know what we I had mean? Co- we had a COVID test right before, so that's good. <sighs> you had, that yeah, was like yeah, a yeah, nice yeah. Right, right, right. Right, right, right. Ooh, you need very it. sexy. Ooh. Actually, Ooh, you know what? I, I like, do find mm. that sexy. Like if people are like, <laughs> hey, do you want to hook up? I just did an STD check. Here it is. Here's the proof with the date. And I'm like, how fucking considerate. Nothing turns me on more yes. than being considerate. Okay? You know what? So, I'm going to tell you. I'm about to start dating. And that yeah. I hope that they line up with STD tests for me. <laughs> like, like on their online profile with the date and like a photo. Or maybe you can like and talk like, to. Like yeah, a time stamp. And I'm a like, time okay. stamp. Exactly. Yeah. I think about that. Like I have been in a monogamous relationship for a very long time. And I think like oh, if I went out and like, it'd be so fun to meet people. And like, if I were to go and hook up and whatever, I feel like a loser because that's what I would be afraid of. Yeah. No, I haven't like, we broke up me and my ex like about a year and a half ago. I haven't mm-hmm. dated anybody because I can't imagine like getting herpes right now. Just, <laughs> <laughs> Just right now specifically, like maybe in a year it'd be fine, but like right now. And like Just, some of them- There's nothing that, wrong oh, no. with that. I just don't I know, want yeah. to do it now. Like I don't want- to be surprised. I mean, like, look, whatever happens, happens. But whatever like, happens, I don't happens. want to like, I just don't want it to be like this unexpected surprise. Like this, yeah. gift, like someone didn't tell me. Somebody wasn't like, I want to make that choice. If I'm like, you know what? Like if, and they have so like, that's a terrible thing to say. Because it's like, why? It is what it is. Well, I don't know. Because I, it's not anyone's fault. Like whatever's happened. Oh, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Them, but like, yeah. And I don't want to say like I don't I don't want to pursue love or passion or whatever just because someone has like something that maybe like mm-hmm. well, I don't know. But today I'm not really interested in like signing up for something unexpectedly or without consent. Yeah, yeah. Me, just let me know what I'm signing up for. That's fair. And also I think I mean I feel like we're similar ages. And when I was growing up, there was major stigma around STD. Like you were for you sure. were led to believe that if you got gonorrhea, you were gonna die the next day. And it's like <laughs> no, like I'm sure I th- with most. 
of them, there's a medication and it's, it's a, it's an yeah. inconvenience and it's annoying, but it doesn't mean For that sure. the stigma that like was implanted in us isn't still inside and that's okay. Like, yeah, and yes, I'm with you. True. I think it's also, it's annoying. I don't want anything. I don't want to get a cold. I don't want to get pregnant. <laughs> I don't want to get herpes. Like, and there is different stigma yeah. on all three of those things, but I don't want any of them because they all sound like something I don't want right now and they're inconvenient in some way to my life right now. And I don't want it. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, I guess that goes back to like asking about on-screen kiss. Like in some way, the conversation yeah. says, yeah, it's nice. <laughs> like I don't want to get sick. How did we get right. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, wow, I forgot. Yeah, totally. Oh yeah, even getting sick. Yeah, no, but oh, you're right. Like I don't want to get that. sick. I also think like it's nice to just be random. I guess like being yeah. friendly like because it's work like in some ways I want to be able to give over to you fully I mean boundaries are so important for me so I always think mm. I want to be able to go like I want to be able to jump off the cliff with you mm-hmm. fully whoever you are hopefully we can talk about it after if you want or don't if you don't want but like I don't know I like to give over to love in those moments so much Mm. I love the magic of it I love it so much it's Mm -hmm. like no different than if I'm acting with you right now Mm -hmm. like if we were to sit here acting and we were to commit to being sisters I would give over to the love 100% and then hopefully when it ends I mean if you wanted to talk about it we could or if you're just like that was really cool thanks so much Mm. or like maybe we didn't go full out as sisters like I think that there's just something so beautiful about what we get to do as actors and so Mm. I feel like Jake was so like just a generous actor I learned so much from like working with him so Mm. I had so much fun so he's like was easy to work with I'd say Mm -hmm. and just like Mm -hmm. even my last co-star Cody same thing like so easy to work with but these things are very platonic like you know Mm -hmm. what I mean like there's Mm -hmm. it's not it's also the Hallmark style. Okay. I, I wonder what it's like working on Euphoria. Or like I watch these like Spanish shows, these Latin American shows that are like. Uh, oh. oh, and I'm thinking Guys. like you have to. I haven't. Maybe I've only kissed maybe like a handful of people in all the years, maybe. And though I mean, <laughs> for acting, for acting. Well, you know, I don't need whatever. In my life, I've kissed one. Uh, one person one time oh. and I refuse to kiss ever again. Uh, was my hand no you're right that is okay totally never been kissed I'm Drew Barrymore okay so I have kissed a few people for acting related projects and that I've only had one that I was like wow that was a positive experience and not like wow they're a good kisser but just like why wasn't it positive I want to know what like so what happened yeah so this one and I didn't it's funny I didn't even know the other one well I did know some of them weren't great like one of them it was for a it was for like a theater piece and they wanted to like practice ahead of time but it didn't feel like a technical reason to practice for me same with you like the boundaries is so important I need to know that I can only go there, which even means like I can only commit to acting, which is the dream and the job in this situation. I can only do my job if I can trust that you're doing your job. And when it feels like there's any sort of ulterior motives, I then go into like, oh, I need to protect Amanda mode. And then I can't be character name. Like, that's really hard. And when I had this one instance with the actor that was positive, I felt such relief. It was like they, because it's also if they don't fully commit, then you feel uncomfortable fully committing and you're not quite sure like, oh God, am I going past a boundary? And so we just both fully committed and then it was absolutely nothing but professionalism and kind human being between takes, 
afterwards, at the rap party, at the premiere, like all of it. I'm still friends with them to this day. I told them a couple, a, a number of years ago, like, you know, that was like, thank you for that. And they were basically like, that's not something you should have to thank somebody for. Like, sorry that that wasn't your experience. But it was so, it was such a gift to be like, wow, you let me do my job and I got to have fun. And I think, yeah. and maybe it's because I was younger. Maybe the other actors were younger. Maybe they were just dicks. I don't know. But, um, or just some of them, like one, the actor was fine, but there was a producer who was gross. Actually, tw two of them, the actor was fine, but the producer was like making comments. So it's just, it can be a tricky thing. And, you know, that's also why if I watch, if I watch something where I'm like, those two kissing don't want to be there, I'm never like, mm. oh, bad on the actors. I'm like, what producer is saying something mean or like, what, what's happening here? Like something, or it's just an awkward situation because they feel like brother and sister or brother and brother or sister and sister. And they're like, we couldn't get past the familial like <laughs> vibe that we're having here. But I think a lot more goes into it. I think often people focus on like, oh, you got to kiss this person and it probably is real just like in real life. And I'm like, ooh, there are so many factors in this that aren't yeah. always as fun or, yeah. No, so. and it's weird. It is weird. I mean, yeah. you think about like there's cameras or there's people like taking pictures of you while you're doing it. Yeah. Like, I remember when we got the stills photography for it, it was just like a hundred photos of us kissing like for that last oh. one. And I like, I, 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 it actually makes my stomach feel funny because you're just like, <laughs> oh, wow, that's the thing that you did. Okay. And then you just act like you didn't do it. You know, you kind of just like look through it and you're like, I don't remember that in that way. Or yeah, like yeah, anything, yeah. you know what I mean? Where you're like, I feel so, in some ways, like just, yeah, I feel, I, when I hear you, what I hear is like emotional safety matters so much. And yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like, yeah, I absolutely. think it's emotional safety and being seen. Mm -hmm. I don't want someone who's like mm -hmm. trying to make out with me. That's weird. We're acting. Yeah. We're doing a job. Like, yeah. I, like, also, there's like this beautiful, I don't know, these beautiful dynamics we form with people, but sometimes maybe someone's a slightly newer actor and I, I wonder mm -hmm. if I did that maybe in the beginning maybe I felt that way I don't know maybe in classes but in so many mm -hmm. different classes I mean I can think back oh no I mean I guess I can think back <laughs> to one time <laughs> the memory just popped yeah I'm like oh god you're spiraling this is a spiral <laughs> <laughs> I can think back to one time where I probably learned a lot and I grew a lot yeah from an experience where I was in an acting class and I really liked my partner a lot. And that was the very first time I learned about those types of boundaries. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's part of it. There's all this unspoken stuff that comes along with acting too. Like you think it's just about learning your lines and going to work on set. And then like what we were talking about at the beginning, there's so much that you learn about yourself through this. So what do you do when you have an attraction to someone else? It's like, I call it the occupational hazard. You're dealing with other really smart, beautiful people who are really talented, how can you not fall in love with those people? So how do you have boundaries? How do you have integrity? How do you like work that out within yourself? And I remember in this acting class many, many years ago, that's when I learned you have to be able to feel it, process it, mm -hmm. go through it, and also resolve that that's not going to happen. And something that a teacher said many years ago that I love is like, you think the muse like mm. what a gift that that person came along and like could activate you in that way. Even when you think about life and dating or love and like you have your partner now, it's how often do we get to find that? If you find a 
maybe an acting partner or a life partner or just a friend or anybody that you I feel like ignited by mm. I mean I like to take that I I mm-hmm. feel like that's a gift and I thank the the whatever you want to call it for mm-hmm. uh, for however that landed in my lap you know yeah, you can feel it. Sometimes it's almost immediate when you meet somebody and it doesn't even have to be like a romantic spark, but it's like a creative lightning bolt. Like, oh, I want to collaborate with you. And it might be in 10 years oh, yeah. and it might be like tomorrow, but like, ooh, there's something there like between us in that way. And it's yeah. really fun. It, that's my, that is like my favorite part really of like being in a cast or being in a waiting room for an audition or whatever is when you, when you look back, you're like, oh, wow, I met this person that year like I met this person in this class mm-hmm. and look what it's like blossomed into it's really lovely or at this and casting I, yeah. studio you know yeah, like this, and then you oh god in 2014 you know and just like at a picnic outside of a casting studio oh my god of course and now here we are also I'm with you like I totally I remember in university I was in this acting class and we had to like pick a partner and pick a scene and like you know and I picked up I'm still friends with him to this day this poor man I have apologized to him not on a he's fine but just like I just took it way too seriously I was taking a theater class but I wasn't a theater major and I wanted to be and I was like this is my opportunity to train and I took it so seriously I signed us up for like three times a week two hours in a rehearsal we didn't need this much and I chose a scene from closer which is like so intense and it was this like scene where we have to like yell at each other and he has to spit in my face and we're fighting and I'm like Clive it was a scene I think it was with Clive no it wasn't with Clive Owen it was with Jude Law and Natalie Portman this poor guy that I just met in a class and the thing that directed me towards him we were all like going around saying hello whatever this is the first day of class that I asked him to be a partner and uh I just sense that he could be trusted. I was just like, I sense that I can trust you so that I get to play. And still to this day, he has never proven me wrong that I can't trust him in any of those ways. And it was such a gift. But I realized years later, like I was like, I think I took that too seriously. Like, I not that I feel like I crossed a boundary. I just feel like I took up too much of his time. I, I took it way too seriously. I wanted to rehearse for hours and hours in a week. And he was just so kind. And he was like, sure. Like, okay, you want to run it again? Sure. It was so sweet. Oh, but you Bless have him. great instincts, it sounds like. And, like, Aww. it means, like, you know, it sounds like you have great instincts and you found, yeah. like, you. it sounds like you keep talking about these wonderful people that you kind of still are friends with and that you know. So I would continue to trust yourself. That's what I would say. I mean, who cares what I have to say? But that's what I would say. Thanks, Tamara. But it's like, No, I do. It, you know, no, it's I very like, nice to hear. Self-validation, say, you said. It's yeah, nice. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it is. But then there's yeah. also, like, Sometimes we do take it seriously. I think about Beyonce, okay? This has mm, nothing to do with mm. Oh, let's go there. Seeing, let's go from me to Beyonce. Let's just go let's there for one what second. A, yeah, 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 yeah. It's not that far. But I remember seeing her. It's not that far. It's just <laughs> no. like a boop, baby Like just baby a little leap. bloop over, baby just leap. Like, boop. Yeah, baby But leap. it's like, I remember seeing Beyonce perform with Destiny's Child before she became who Beyonce was. And I've seen Beyonce every single concert of hers since... Like, I went to go see her on Demix, like, here in Toronto. Like, I've seen her since the beginning. Original wow. Destiny's Child. And one thing about Beyonce that like always stood out for me is that she always gave it 110% even when no one was watching. So I think if you want, even Bad Bunny, who I'm a big fan of, Bad Bunny, I went to go see him in like Brampton in like a small stadium. There weren't that many people. He's very famous now in like many communities, but it's like before he became who he was, I saw Mm. a person who gave 110%. Mm. So I think... Yes, I understand, like, maybe it feels like overkill, like we're rehearsing a lot or we're doing too much. 
or maybe you just care a lot and there's nothing wrong with that. We live in a world where it's like being cool means not caring. And I, I kind of disagree with that. I know. I just like surrendered to not feel cool. Like I'm just like, whatever. I know. Yeah. So it's great that you did that. It's wonderful Mm. that like you also had a partner who was like, cool. And that's still (laughs) a friend today (laughs) because they probably see your beautiful heart and how much this matters to you. So that's all I'll say. Oh my God, Tamara. <laughs> nice. Thank you. I mean, I find with acting too, it's like any moment to get to act, I want to grab it and squeeze it because sometimes it can be few and far between. You can be like auditioning for so long and then, you know, so I appreciate that. I do want to ask you, speaking of, well, my sweater, I want to ask you about Jane a little bit because, oh my God, it's so fucking good. First of all, it's so incredible. It's so good. And like, I can't believe that there weren't actual animals there because the animals look amazing, which I know you were saying people tell you anyway, but I was reading an interview where you were saying that, okay, so I should say, so in Jane, Ava, am I saying this right? Ava Louise. Ava Louise. It's so funny. I have a Ava picture Louise. of Ava Louise. Okay. You do. Right oh, my baby. Your little daughter. Oh, my God. That's so cute. Ava Louise. And is it Murchison? Ava Louise Murchison? Mason. Yeah, Ava Louise Murchison and then Mason Murchison. Okay, yeah. so um, I was reading an interview where you were saying that – so Ava Louise plays your daughter in Jane. And I was reading an interview where you were saying that, like, first of all, that, like, such a chemistry that the two of you have and that you felt it, like, right away at the callback. and yeah. But that you said, like, because of her and working with her now, like, it's made you want to have kids. And that was just, oh. like – First of all, I was yeah. like, what a fucking compliment. I'm like, wow. And that just like, I could not get that out of my head. And how did your experience of working with Ava like cause such a shift in you or just like such a move you so much to like say that you yeah. want to have kids because of her? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's a bit of like a two-parter. There's like mm. a, probably a bit of a selfish answer and then a little <laughs> bit of a more altruistic answer. But I think that she... Definitely, when I realized the impact that, like, I'll start with the selfish bit, where it's Mm. like, I realized how much children are so beautiful. Mm. They're so beautiful. They're so pure. They're just like, there's this excitement with life. They don't yet know how hard it might be down Mm. the road. And maybe it won't be that hard for them. I don't know. But watching what it looks like to have, like, even if we go back to, like, the Hallmark bit, when we talk about, like, magic and, Mm. uh, like, just uh, the surrealist, like, belief that, you know, everything's going to be okay. Kids have that. And Ava Louise really changed my life because she just has that. She just is magic. Mm. She is really smart. She's brilliant, super mature for her age, and just really... Like just one of those kids that you meet that you're like, wow, you have something really special. And we could miss that potentially Mm. if we just kind of generalize and just say, oh, kids are kids. But when you really listen, I found, so we used to spend every lunch together, just talking to her, just letting her talk, letting her share. I learned so much about how she saw the world, you know, and like Mm. her nine-year-old brain, her 10-year-old brain. Now she's going to be 12. It's like seeing how she has grown up. And the impact that a child can have on the world Mm. is really exciting, you know, and how much she cares and how she has three brothers, Mm. how much she loved her brothers, how she would talk about her brothers, how she would talk about friends. I just found her to be inspiring. And I think sometimes we don't give kids enough credit. We don't Mm. realize how intelligent they are. And if you probably look back at your own life as a 10 year old, you probably remember everything and Mm. maybe no one took you seriously. I just think that I took her very seriously. When she Mm -hmm. would say things, I listened. Mm -hmm. And that was really 
a gift for, I think, maybe both of us. Mm. I think it probably infused her with the confidence to keep speaking. Mm. And it gave me this whole new belief that like things are going to be okay if we put it in the right hands, you know, because I Mm kind of grew up and I alluded to that at the beginning with maybe not such a great childhood, Mm -hmm. but then I get to see a child who has so much hope and wonder. And I was like, oh, there's a whole, there's a whole other way of living. And that way I would love to give that to a child because I have, I hope, hope, have broken some cycles and like, I don't need to feel better through my children. I would actually want to create a world where my child could thrive. So then that's the selfish bit, you know, like it is a little bit self-serving of like, well, it would probably feel really great to give to a child. It would feel really great to set them up so that they can live in this crazy world and maybe... I don't know, have a good time, maybe impact change, maybe not. Like Mm. there's something about it that she inspired in me that I had never felt before her. And like, and Mason, like, but it was, Ava and I were so close. Yeah, I don't know. It's so interesting. And she's also just so lovely just as a person and Mm. has her own personality and kids. My sister had four kids. So I was so sure Mm. I never wanted to have kids Mm. because I was like, this is exhausting. I don't yeah. need to do this again. But then all of a sudden, you have this little person who's looking at you, developing, figuring out what the world is, their relationship to the world, other people, figuring out boundaries. And me being really protective of her too in this industry because mm. I was like, you know, you can say no to that. Or, mm-hmm. you know, Aww. you don't have to do something you don't want to do. Yeah, I was very protective of those children. And mm. that made me realize I have maybe more of a mother instinct than I thought. Mm-hmm. So I never thought I wanted to have kids. That messed me up too because I was like, what? Like, <laughs> I'm going to be too tired. I'm too old to do that. I can't. I can't have a kid now. <laughs> I love this life where it's so my alternative lifestyle what and so yeah and I think that changed my relationship as well at the time because Mm -hmm. all of a sudden we both knew we didn't want to have kids Mm -hmm. but now I started a fertility journey that didn't go well it just like I call them my mom decisions as well Mm -hmm. like Ava changed my life because I think in a way that I never thought before I knew her. And it's the same way that when you have a great love and you Mm. are changed, she really, I would say, activated and introduced me to parts of myself I didn't know existed. Mm. Um, And then working with her every day for like a year and a half showed me how much it would be an honor to have a little person if that were to happen. Yeah, I don't, think, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I'm not resonating with the selfishness at all. Cause all I keep thinking is like, if you had a child now, how lucky that child would be and how, how much like integrity and respect and care it is for yourself, for both of you to know that this was specifically your choice and you wanted this versus mm. I was just talking about this the other day of being like I don't know if I want kids but I want to unbrainwash myself from being told that I'm supposed to want kids and then figure out if I want kids and I almost yep. feel like I don't know it's like now not to speak for you but it just sounds like now you this sounds like it came from deep in you that like this yeah. would be an honor to get to do this with my own child and like that mm-hmm. I think that's so incredible and I mean a child is gonna feel that that like they were 
wanted that a relationship with them and an experience with them was so wanted and willed for and all those things like I and I mean we all if we have kids I feel like most parents at least to start off with are trying to parent their kids the way they wish they were parented and also I feel like you have too much Taurus self-reflection energy for you to like take out too much on your kids you know what I mean like I don't know I'm like the the parents who it's like I'm gonna parent them how I wanted to be I'm gonna and then they end up being like a hardcore dance mom or something I'm like nah you ponder too much to like push your kids into no (laughs) but it'll be because they want it and you're pondering with them and they want dance monkey no I don't know that's not resonating with selfishness at all for me and I I mean I still have mental health issues I think you know what I mean I feel like like, that's what human doesn't (laughs) the only humans who don't have mental health issues are the ones who haven't asked themselves if they have mental health issues so they don't have them not to say I understand it is a range and I don't want to be like my struggles are equal to like I'm not trying to say that and and whatever and some struggles are much more difficult than others however there's no like I don't know. There's no like end island where if we work on ourselves hard enough, we get to this goal and we're on this island and we're like, look, now if I have a kid or now if I'm in a relationship or now if I'm a friend, I won't hurt them and I'll be perfect. That's fucking, Mm -hmm. that's impossible. That doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Also, if you're perfect and you have a kid, that kid, that sucks for that kid. That kid will never see what you do when you fall down and what you do when you fail and what you do when you feel crappy. Mm. They will just see what you do when you're perfect. And that's not fun. How is that kid ever going to learn? So just like figure that's most so of your true. shit out, but don't figure all of it out. Like that's you're 75%. Taking that away from your kid. We still need them. Yeah. To have, like, just a get to like, a, yeah, <laughs> there you go. Get to a 75, it's... but don't go to a hundred. It's impossible. <laughs> and also like, Nobody wants that. It's not helpful or relatable, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I need them to have a good personality and be funny. I need to, like, mess them up a little bit. They better have a sense of humor. (laughs) You know, they need, like, a a lowercase T trauma. Or what are they going to talk about in their stand-up special? Yeah. I don't want big T trauma for the children. What I want is, like, little T trauma. Baby T. Where it's, like, you know, she baby T, she was, like, I asked her to take me to ice cream. She wouldn't do it. Never gave me ice cream. so traumatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mom is like actually just like we're not gonna do that, and I'm like, you're gonna thank me one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she said, I'm gonna think. Yeah, I want your kid to have trauma in the way that when she talks about it and calls it trauma, everyone rolls their eyes. That's the kind of trauma you want for your kid. Like, I wanted Converse, and she always bought me New Balance. Great. Yeah. I want that trauma. But, uh, yeah. And that's... Thank you. That's the 25%. You know what I mean? You're going to do that. You're going to withhold ice cream unnecessarily. (laughs) It's going to happen somewhere. So your kid will be great. They'll just have, like, baby trauma. I'm going to make them, like, wake up and be like, I wanted to sleep in and do this thing. And I'll be like, you're getting up. And we're going for a walk at the beach. I don't want to <laughs> yeah, hear yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, this is the worst. I hate doing this on Sunday mornings with you, mom. And I'm like, and I'm going to share with them and listen to them. Yeah. I'm going to traumatize my kids by bringing them to the beach and spending quality time with them in the morning, giving them some exercise. Then you complain about it. I'll even, I'll even fund their therapy so they can go complain about me walking on the beach (laughs) with them. Oh, you better believe I'm funding their therapy. I'll be like, (laughs) here you go. I'll be like, this is your bank account. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. This is your bank account. University optional therapy, mandatory. And you don't have to tell me anything (laughs) you talk about for me. I don't care if you go to school 
but you gotta go to therapy no I don't know that needs to be boundaries are very important yeah yeah, yeah. Like, this is so funny yeah, yeah. see you're a Taurus it's funny this is great <laughs> I'm so, also like so... me pushing therapy is gonna be my bottom tea trauma I already feel it like that's gonna be mine you're like my mom forced me to go to therapy and I never wanted to go it's just gonna yeah. be so meta because she's gonna be complaining to her therapist about her trauma that's how I traumatized therapy. my ex-boyfriend <laughs> I was like you gotta go to therapy <laughs> gotta go to therapy or it's or like not even or just like you gotta go period you know what it's yeah. a gift you gifted him like please I mean I think it depends on who you're asking right it's just like yeah. one <laughs> can see it in that asking. way yeah. he's just like she was the worst and you know what that's okay <laughs> I okay. feel like I've learned a lot from all of these beautiful experiences yeah and big t trauma maybe little t trauma you know what I guess that's for him to sort out with his therapist and my yeah. children to sort out with their future therapist and me to sort out with mine you know it's like <laughs> exactly <laughs> so many people are making money that's what I yes. hear <laughs> yes 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 we're keeping who said the economy is crashing not on our watch Absolutely not. And you know, you're learning to live in the uncertainty, which is for your ex, it could be capital T trauma. For you, it could be self-growth. And for your child, it could be baby T trauma. And they all are valid. That is the great zone. Oh my God, thank you. My therapy invoice in the mail on its way now to everybody. I loved it. Oh my God. Well, listen, Taurus Tamara, I have just had such a ball (laughs) chatting with you today. I really have it. Like the time flew by. I feel like I had like millions of more things I want to ask you and that's fine. I'll save that for like our in-person date. You are such like a light. You, anytime I have run into you, we were talking about last, last year, we have a mutual friend last year at the park or almost 10 years ago at another park oh we like the outdoors at another park you've always been so generous you literally gave me a job out of nowhere and we didn't even really know each other (laughs) and it was such a truly it was like such a financial gift it was so helpful so thank you for everything that you've done for me over the years that I haven't maybe thanked you for and thank you for doing this with me today it was like such a pleasure thank you for always being so kind and it's so nice it is like even seeing you last year in the park I mean I always feel so this industry is so funny right Mm. and then you meet other people who like we want to support each other and Mm -hmm. I have always felt so supported and I want to support you and it Mm. feels very reciprocal which is my favorite thing in the world is like Mm. reciprocal energy (laughs) so I definitely feel that here and I will always like I said like you call me when you have another tape like it's I think we have we're a community and I anyway I just thank you for your kindness and for asking me to come here this is so fun I don't drink really and I am drunk (laughs) (laughs) margaritas they taste so good that's the problem it really did taste good but it was a lot of fun also to just have this connection and it's just really nice to just share and just talk about like acting life everything it is it's really nice thank you no Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Liquid Courage Podcast. If you like what you heard and you're looking to support the show, here's a few ways you can help. You can leave the show a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, or you can follow the show on Instagram and TikTok at Liquid Courage Podcast, or, and best of all, you can tell a friend about the show. Tell a family member, tell a coworker, post about your favorite episode online, spread the word. That really is the best way to help support the show and help it grow. Did I just rhyme? Okay, until the next episode, cheers.